It confuses its enemies by flying too quickly for the eye to follow. It has a hair-triggering temper, but forgets what made it angry an instant later. Although it's called a guardian deity, if a person or Pokemon puts it in a bad mood, it will become a malevolent deity and attack. Hey there, Pokemon Trainers. Welcome back to another episode of Dragon Dance, a Pokemon podcast. This is the podcast where I talk about every Pokemon type combination currently available in the game. I talk about when they first appeared, all of the Pokemon with that said type combination, and how they stacked up on the competitive side of things. I also occasionally bring you news and updates as to what's going on in the world of Pokemon, whether that be the main series stuff, Pokemon Go, or, or real world Pokemon events. I am your host, Santiago, a.k.a. the Aztec Dragon. This is the second Fusion Monday episode in a row, and I usually do a non-Fusion episode in between type combo episodes, but I've actually got something exciting planned for the 25th episode, which is the next episode, that I will reveal at the end of this episode. Also, if you play the main series games DLC one for Scarlet and Violet, sorry, sorry, Scarlet and Violet. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? Sorry, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, yeah, DLC one is titled The Teal Mask. Just dropped this past week, and with it came approximately a hundred Pokemon from previous generations, as well as a few new Pokemon. Which means I had to update the master chart combination master type chart sorry master type combination chart i'm so sorry i have no idea what's going on with me i don't know if i'm tired or what's going on but i'm i'm just all tongue-tied today but yeah i had to update the master type combination chart which is a spreadsheet that i made a while ago that has all the type combinations uh that exist and don't exist yet and you know i marked down when they first appeared and stuff like that. So, for instance, uh, let's say I already did flying, poison flying, right? So there were two in generation one, there was one in generation two, and there hasn't been any since. So I marked it as such because I labeled them um, per generation and type combination and when they appeared and ultimately at the end is how many there are in total. But anyways, yeah, so DLC 1 dropped, and with those new Pokemons, we got a few new Pokemon. Um, I think it was, let's see, it was, it was like a like seven, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like seven new Pokemon, if not eight. But anyways, yeah, uh, I had to update all of that in the type chart combination. But, it, you know, since it was only seven, it wasn't that bad. And I'm not going to spoil anything for DLC in case we have some listeners that haven't gotten the chance to play it yet. Personally, I didn't have much time to play it during the week due to work, but I did get the chance to play it this weekend, and so far I'm enjoying it. I haven't finished the full story, but Kitakami, which is the region slash area where DLC 1 takes place, looks very nice. I caught a lot of the returning Pokemon. And it was so nice to see certain ones appear on the Switch for the first time. 
Uh, I think that the story definitely adds a few more hours of story content. And in all honesty, I think that I probably could have finished it by now. But I've just got so wrapped up with exploring everything that Kitakami has to offer that I haven't really focused on the story too much. I've just been exploring all these different areas, just trying to see what Pokemon came back. And I could have just looked up, I don't know, like leaks or sites as to like, oh, this is the Pokemon that return and whatnot. But I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to keep myself surprised. So yeah, I've been looking at all the different areas that Kitakami has to offer and I've just been spending hours and hours just looking at um, what came back to be preoccupied by the story. But anyways, yeah, uh, I've been having fun with the Teal Mask, and I can't wait where the story goes. So, moving on to the fusion of this episode. This week, we will be covering the Electric Fairy type. Before we get into the Pokemon, let's talk resistances and weaknesses. The electric fairy type is weak to the following types. Poison and ground. <laughs> That's it. Only two. And resist the following types. Electric, fighting, flying, bug, and dark. And it has one immunity to dragon. So in total, that is two weaknesses, five resistances, and one immunity. That's not bad at all. What makes this a decent type is that it just has very few weaknesses. However... It's not, you know, one of the best types just because it doesn't have all that many uh, resistances slash immunities, but it's not bad, you know, only two weaknesses compared to the six resistances slash immunities, not bad at all. Now, on to the Pokemon. The first electric fairy type Pokemon came to us in Generation 6 with Dedenne. Like I said before, Dedenne was first introduced to us in Generation 6 and is categorized as the Antenna Pokemon. Dedenne is part of a special group of Pokemon that the fans have dubbed Pikachu clones. Other Pokemon in this group include Plusle, Minum, uh, and Pachirisu. You know, stuff like that. All the Pokemon in this category are based on some type of rodent and typically have the electric type. There are some fans that include Meryl as part of the Pikachu clone group, despite it not having the electric type. And the reason for this is because when Generation 2 was being teased, or, you know, and this was before the age of having really good access to internet, and back when it was mostly forum pages that ran the internet rather than actual um, really good, reliable sources. But, anyways. Yeah, Meryl was dubbed as Pika Blue, uh, which was, I, and, I, and I don't remember very well if people thought that this was going to be an evolution of Pikachu or what they thought it was, but because it had those like red cheeks, those uh, red circles on its cheeks, a lot of people had this idea that it was going to be related to Pikachu somehow. And so, yeah, in every generation we have had a Pikachu clone, quote unquote, and that just means that, like I said, it's based on a rodent of some sort, whether that be a mouse, a bunny, a gerbil, um, what is it, a hedgehog and stuff like that. And, uh, and they have like those red circular cheeks or those spots on their cheeks. But anyways, Dedene is the Pikachu clone for Generation 6. And it is based on, well, according to sources, it says that it's based on either a gerbil or a hamster 
and a TV antenna, which is why its whiskers look like TV antennas. But personally, I think they look more like gerbils than hamsters. And because of that, I did more research on gerbils. And here is why I think that they're based on, on gerbils. Anyways, gerbils are rodents that have been used for scientific experimentation and have also been kept as house pets. However, within the last century, uh, the use for them in sci- for scientific purposes have gone down significantly. So they are not used in laboratories as much as, let's say, like rice, sorry, mice or rats. Um, so yeah, they're mostly kept as house pets now. They usually inhabit grasslands, but they've also been known to live in semi-arid climates, kind of like deserts. They're very social creatures and they live, like to live in groups and they rely on their sense of smells to distinguish gerbils from their own group from outsider gerbils. And what's very interesting about these critters is that they have very impressive hearing capabilities, ranging from low frequencies to high frequencies, unlike their rodent cousins, the mice and the rat, who specialize in high frequencies. And it's because they can, well, I know that there's different frequencies for, well, I know that hearing things, you know, like sound frequencies is different from electrical frequencies, right? But I do think that it is because they have range and frequencies why they're kind of based on like TV antennas because TV antennas can um, can reach different frequencies and something like that. I, I, I don't know. I'm not the, I didn't do that much research uh, on ele- electricity and stuff like that because that that's physics and I am horrible at physics. Uh, anyways, moving on past that. Another interesting fact about these creatures is that the first known mention of their existence was actually in France, which is the country that Kalos is based on. And remember, Kalos is the region Dene was first introduced. Anyways, their first mention was in 1866 in France when zoologist Father Armand David sent some of these creatures back to to the French National Museum because he found them all the way in Mongolia slash China in that area. So he sent them back to the French National Museum. And from that, from there, the French National Museum is, um, they, they started documenting, uh, the, the existence of this animal. Uh, and I know this sounds kind of boring, but I thought it was really neat since Dedenne was first found in a France based region. So that's, that's why I think it was more so based on gerbils than hamsters. Anyways, the reason why it has the fairy typing is actually kind of cute too. In France and other French-speaking countries, there is a popular fairy tale titled La Petite Souris or The Little Mouse. And this story is somewhat similar to the English version of the Tooth Fairy. This is a mouse that would give children coins in exchange for their baby teeth. You know, when they lose a baby teeth, um, I don't know if they put it under their pillow or whatever but the the mouse does give the children coins in exchange for uh, the teeth that they lost so this fairy tale is hypothesized to be the reason why Dedenne has a fairy type and I just think that's really cute you know that it's based off a fairy tale and because it's based on a fairy fair a fairy tale it has the fairy type anyways ability time Dedenne has two common abilities in cheek pouch and pickup, 
and it's got the hidden ability of plus. So what cheek pouch, sorry, cheek pouch does is that it restores the user's HP by 33% if it consumes a berry during battle. And on top of that, it gives whatever effect that berry usually gives as well. So for example, if you have a lumberry, a lumberry cures the users of any status conditions such as burn, poison, paralysis, freeze, sleep, or whatever, you know, something like that. Uh, it cures the users from any of those status conditions. And if it is consumed while your Pokemon has the ability Cheek Pouch, it will also it will regain HP and cure you of whatever status affliction you have. Or if you have a berry that restores HP, like citrus berries, it will regain 33% of HP from Cheek Pouch, plus whatever how much you get regained from either citrus berry or orange berry or whatever. So that's that's not too bad. You gain HP and you gain some additional effect, which is always good. Pickup is a non-competitive ability where the user has a chance of picking up a random item while its trainer walks around the overworld or if the opponent wild Pokemon happened to have some item during battle and it was defeated, that Pokemon might drop that item and your the Pokemon with the ability to pick up has a chance to pick it up and um, have it hold that item. But yeah, like I said, it's not competitively useful. It's literally just for story purposes. It's hidden ability plus is a competitive it's, it's a competitive ability, but it is a little situational. If the user has the ability plus and is in a double battle where its teammate has the ability minus, both both the plus and minus user, uh, their special attack stat is increased by 50%. So again, very situational. Not There are not that many Pokemon that have uh, plus or minus, and they want... They usually end up being electric. I think there is there are a few steel type that have it, but very few. Anyways, um, other effects of plus is that if you use the move ma- magnetic flux or someone, if your teammate uses magnetic flux, the user with plus will have both its defense and special defense raised by one stage. If the user uses the move gear up, its attack and special attack will be raised by one stage. So yeah, like I said, very situational. I personally think that Cheek Pouch is is probably the best ability for uh, Denene if you were to use it competitively. Anyways, on to the next Pokemon. The next electric fairy type comes to us in the very next generation with the introduction of Tapu Koko. Tapu Koko is one of the four guardian deities of Alola, and they all share the category of land spirit animal. Sorry, <laughs> land spirit Pokemon. Uh, I'm sorry, I, my brain is just all over the place. Uh, anyways, like I said, they all share the category of land spirit Pokemon. Tapu Koko is the guardian of Mele Mele Island, which is the first island in your Pokemon Sun and Moon journey. And like the other guardian spirits, it wears a mask, a mask that doubles as a shield slash armor. In the case of Tapu Koko, it kind of resembles a rooster with having it it has an orange crest on top of its head that kind of looks like a mohawk and its mask slash shield is on both of its hands 
And when it's brought together, it covers up its upper body and it makes it look like a bird. Uh, All of the tapus, when encased by their masks, look like they can be stacked on top of each other to make a tiki totem. The the main inspiration behind Tapu Koko is the Hawaiian god of war and conflict. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to butcher this. Kuka Ilimoku, sorry, Kuka Ilimoku, Kuka Ilimoku, yes, Kuka Ilimoku, sorry, I have this like written down and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this correctly, so if I, if if you are of Hawaiian or Pacific Islander descent and you know how to say this, I apologize if I butchered that, Uh, but yeah, Kuka Ilimoku, anyways, Yes, so in Hawaii, there's like four main gods, right? There are at least four big gods, and this is one of the, um, one of those fours, and one of those four gods. And uh, like I said, it is the god of war and conflict. And this fits with Tapu Koko because its stat distributions um, show that its highest stats are speed, attack, and special attack, which is very fitting for a god of war. Anyways, on to Tapu Koko's abilities. It has one common ability in Electric Surge and a hidden ability in Telepathy. Electric Surge is hands down the most use, its most useful ability. Because when a user with this ability enters the battlefield, the field becomes Electric Terrain. Under Electric Terrain, Electric type moves are boosted by 30%. And any Pokemon that are touching the field meaning that it is not flying, levitating, or floating due to the item known as air balloon. Um, If it's touching the field, it cannot be put to sleep by moves such as rest, yawn, lovely kiss, spore, etc. Also, starting in Generation 9, any Pokemon with the ability Quark Drive, which are usually the future Paradox Pokemon, will have its highest stats boosted by 30%, or 50% if the highest stat is speed when it interacts with Electric Surge. This ability is great for powering up your Electric type attacks or keeping your Pokemon protected um, from being, yeah, it, it protects them from being put to sleep. Um, and it also has some interactions with other type of moves or abilities, such as if a Pokemon has the ability Camouflage, it will become the Electric type, or if you use the move Terrain Pulse, which very few Pokemon actually know, Terrain Pulse is normally a 50 base power move, normal move, but if it is activated within a certain terrain, it will be boosted from a 50 base power to a 100 base power, and the move will change to whatever terrain it is, whether that's Psychic, um, yeah, you have a Psychic terrain, it will change to Psychic, if you have Misty terrain, it will turn to Fairy, Grassy terrain to grass and electric to electric. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So the electric terrain uh, has a bunch of different types of interactions with moves and abilities on top of boosting electric type attacks and keeping your Pokemon protected from going to sleep. Um, all right. And telepathy. Telepathy protects the user from being hit by an ally's damaging moves. And this can be in the form of spread moves that damage everyone like earthquake or discharge. Or it can also protect you from specific targeting moves if it is coming for your, from your ally. 
So, for example, if your ally decides to use earth power on you for some reason (laughs) and you have the ability to telepathy, you will be protected from it if it is your ally. I don't know why you would do that, but you'll be protected. Um, But, yeah, that's mostly useful when you have moves, when your ally has moves, like I said, such as discharge and earthquake where it hits everybody. And you will be protected from it. But yeah, uh, telepathy, not as good as electric terrain in my opinion. But yeah, anyways, that does it for Tapu Koko's abilities. And that does it for all of the electric fairy type Pokemon. There's, as of right now, there's only two, just Dedenne and Tapu Koko. So since we're, to, since we're done talking about the actual Pokemon, let's talk about the competitive side of things. I'm going to keep it real with you. Dedenne is not a good Pokemon. <laughs> it does not have really good stats and be, and or or that good of abilities, and as such, it has not made a single World Championship appearance, despite other Pikachu clones making it to the winning teams, uh, such as Togedemaru and Pachirisu. As for Tapu Koko, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Holy thi- holy crap, this thing was so good and competitive. So the first time it could actually be used in world at Worlds was in 2017. And it was on every champion champion's team across the juniors, seniors, and masters division. And between the juniors and the sorry, between the seniors and the masters division, it was on over 90% of teams that year. 2018 saw the return of several previous generation Pokemon and um, in the meta, and therefore Tapu Koko's usage was cut by almost half. However, it did still have a place on the Champions team for the Seniors and Masters division. Um, and 2019 was unfortunately the last time Tapu Koko has made an appearance at Worlds, and it didn't win that year, but it did make its way onto six different teams across all divisions. Uh, and yeah, as of in 2020, it did not make an appearance. Uh, so yeah, that does it. Dedenne is still a cute Pokemon, even if it isn't a powerhouse. And Tapu Koko is a menace on the battlefield if it's trained up properly and if it's in the right meta. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. I will announce the next type combination in next week's episode. Uh, as for the actual content of next week's episode, like I said earlier, I said that I have something special planned for next week. Next week, we will be having another guest on this podcast. I have talked extensively about this person in previous episodes, uh, and she said that she would eventually come on to the show to talk about her Pokemon experience, um, her fa- all of her favorite Pokemon, and just all of her opinions relating to Pokemon. The next guest on this podcast will be none other than my wife, since I talk about her so much and she does listen to this podcast. Um, she did. I, I did ask her one time if she wanted to come up here and she said yes. Uh, so yeah. So for the 25th episode, I will have, I will be interviewing my wife. So if you want to listen to that, please tune in next week um, to catch that episode. Anyways. Thank you guys for listening. If you like this show, please remember to give this podcast a like or a five-star review on whatever platform that you get your podcast. 
if you'd like, please also follow me on social media. I am at the Astic Dragon on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. The links will be in the description below. Take care, Pokemon trainers. I will catch you in the next one.